0: What an awesome day to come to church. Isn't it an awesome day to be here? Um, we have, let's give him a hand, let's give him a little a hand. You know, it's cool today because this room's full and we have an overflow area. And so those of you that are listening from the overflow, we're so glad that you're here today. And uh, uh, you know, I love this day because think about this, all over the world, all over the world, God's people are coming together to celebrate the fact that Jesus rose from the dead. And this is not just an American thing, it's not just uh, uh, our culture here in Owasso, all over the world, believers like us are gathered together just to proclaim the fact that Jesus rose from the dead. I'm so grateful. You know, um, have you ever uh, had a time in your life when you were wrong and then it proved that you, the, the evidence came out and it's like, yeah, yeah, you were wrong. And wasn't it difficult, do you find yourself having a hard time admitting that you were wrong? Um, You know, uh, one time Robin and I, we had some friends over for dinner, and and, um, uh, Robin had me in the kitchen making brownies, and uh, and so I... uh, right when ken and johnny got there i just i just cracked the egg and i was uh i put the oil in the brownie mix can you feel me remember you ever done that and uh and 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 i started stirring and john John, or ken this buddy of mine came and stood next to me and i'm i'm just stirring the brownies and they just smelled so good and uh, i'm standing there and uh that brownie aroma is hitting my nose and my mouth starts watering pretty good and um all of a sudden this drool just goes kabloonk right in the brownies and i i stopped stirring and i was like i just kept stirring and and ken is standing next to me and he goes did you just drool in the brownies i was like no man i didn't do that i didn't, I didn't do that. okay maybe i i did i drooled in the brownies but i think it'll cook out it'll be all right and uh and man those are the moistest brownies i think we ever had in our lives but uh uh, we ate, He ate him. That's a really good friend. But, um, but you know, it was just one of those moments where I was like, I don't want to admit that I just did that. Um, but, you know, when, when you're wrong and you know you're wrong and you keep holding on to a wrong belief, you know what that's called? That's called being intellectually dishonest. You know, when the evidence is clear that, that this took place, but you refuse to believe it, it's just not being honest intellectually. You know, when, when it comes to the, the resurrection of Christ, I mean, think about this moment. The Jews, the, as they watched that unfold in the first century, I mean, it was unbelievable how the evidence was just overwhelming. And, you know, they had all kinds of evidence. They had the prophets. They had, they had these, the signs that were coming together. And, and, and everything pointed to this moment. But then Jesus went to the cross. And even at the, at the cross, the evidence was overwhelming that something supernatural is taking place. You know, um, <clears throat> the truth is when, you, when you're wrong about something, it's, it, it's not bad to be wrong but let's confront the evidence. And that's what I pray we do today. What, that, that, that Maybe you've walked into this room today and, and, and when it comes to your uh, belief in Christ, it, it's a cultural belief. You know, it's Easter. Right? we got to go to church. We kind of have those traditions that we do at Easter. And, and I'm amazed at the number of uh, folks that grew up in our churches that, that come all the time that, that, you know, really, yeah, okay, I kind of, yeah, that's probably true. Or I don't know, I'm just going to go to church. But I don't really, I'm, I'm not really going to allow Christ to impact my life. Well, today it's my prayer that every one of us, whether you're in the overflow or whether you're right here, that we walk out of this place convinced that Jesus is God. Convinced that this is for you. Convinced that, that, that Jesus came in your place. Now, now uh, when we, we have a practice here at our church that when we, when we read the Bible, when, we, when, when we're gonna turn our attention to the scripture for today, for our, every time we preach, we stand in honor of God's word. Now this is a practice that goes back for centuries honestly because all through history, the church has stood in honor of the word of God and I just love that tradition because it makes a statement because it, it, it kinda makes the statement that we're not reading my word, okay? Because today, I'm not standing up in front of you and telling you my word. We're turning our attention to God's word. God has spoken to mankind. He's given us his word. And so I want us to do that. I want us to stand together as we read our text today. If you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew 27. And uh, we're going to read verses 50 through 54. And after we read the text today, I'm going to make a statement, state the obvious that this is the word of God. This is the word of the Lord. And, and I would love it if you would respond back by saying, praise be to God. Would you do that with me? All right, let's read our text today. Matthew chapter 27, starting in verse 50. God's word says, and Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit And behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, and the earth shook, and the rocks were split. The tombs were also open, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised, and coming out of the tombs after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. When the centurion and those who were with him, keeping watch over Jesus, saw the earthquakes, and what took place, they were filled with awe, and said, truly, this was the Son of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you. You, Thank you. you may be seated. Now, um, now, can you imagine being there in the moment that, that this all took place? I mean, if you were standing there, the moment that, that Jesus drew his last breath, verse 50 says, Jesus cried out with a loud voice. And we know what he said uh, from, from the other gospels. He said, It's finished. It's finished. And he yielded his spirit. He gave his life. And, and look at what happened. I mean, look at verse, uh, I mean, when, when I think about this, uh, you know, it, when, when you read this text, no wonder everybody was running for cover. No wonder they were, they were like, oh, my goodness, what is going on? And, 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 and it's interesting because think about it. these Jewish leaders that put Christ on the cross, they thought they were doing what was right. The, the, the Roman soldiers, as they were standing there nailing Christ to the cross, they were following orders. They thought they were doing what was right. But then as, as this unfolded right in front of their eyes, they're like, oh, my goodness. The soldiers realized we're on the wrong side of this thing. But, but it's interesting, the, the, the Jewish leaders, they held on to their belief. No, no, I'm not going to believe. Now, Many people come to a day like today, and maybe you've walked in here today out of, man, I gotta go to church with my mom or she's gonna bust my chops. Or but you've walked in and you're 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 just not sure you buy it all. It's my prayer that you're convinced today of who Jesus is and what he did. Because honestly, when the evidence is unfolded, when the evidence for the resurrection is understood, the evidence points to the fact that something supernatural took place on this day. And and I pray that we follow the example of the Roman soldiers, because what did they do? They allowed the evidence to lead them to the right conclusion. Now, to, to, that's what being intellectually honest is. To be intellectually honest, you allow the evidence to simply lead you to what is right. Now, the first thing I want us to see today, if you have your notes, I'd love for you to follow along in your worship guide. But, but point number one today is the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus proves that he is God. And I want you to see this. It proves that he is God. And and God really did come to the earth in a supernatural way, in a miraculous way. He was born of a virgin. He lived this life that was incomparable. He he did things, and people that knew him said, golly, you have to be from God the way you teach, the things that you do. You have to be from God. Then Jesus went to the cross, and he died and, and look at what happened when he died. Verse 51, uh, this moment that he died, uh, the second that Jesus gave up his spirit said, it is finished. It says, behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. Look at the evidence here. The curtain was torn. This curtain, now, now this is just not just any curtain, okay? This was the curtain that, 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 that blocked off the holy of holies. Now, this goes back, and you got to understand the New Testament in light of the Old Testament. And this goes back all the way to Exodus 26, 33, when Moses was told to hang a curtain in between the holy place from the most holy place. Now, the most holy place was, was where the priest would go in and he would offer sacrifices. He would sprinkle the blood of the perfect sacrifice for the sins of the people. And it was so, so serious that that the priest, it wasn't just any priest, no one could just walk in. It was the high priest. He was chosen to go in. He had all these preparation to do. They, they were so um, concerned about the presence of God in the, in the Holy of Holies, they would tie a rope around the priest in case he died. If he died, they didn't want to go in and get him because they would die, and so they would drag him out by that rope. And This is a big deal and as jesus dies can you imagine what those those guys in the temple as they're sitting there and oh my goodness the curtain is ripped from top to bottom what is god saying what did god say right there he said look it's finished the sacrifice was just made. And these, these Jewish leaders, the evidence was, was so clear. They had all the prophets. All the prophets spoke to this time. Uh, these, these prophecies that were spoke 700 years in advance, and they, they come to pass exactly like they were told. But they kept ignoring the evidence. Look at the next part of verse 51. The earth shook and the rocks were split. So you see, there was an earthquake. As soon as Jesus dies, the, the earth shakes. And this makes so much sense because who is Jesus? Well, he was God. He was God with skin on. And, and he's the one that, that, that spoke the rocks into existence. So of course, as soon as the Son of God dies, the rocks would cry out. There was an earthquake what's interesting about that moment the 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 temple when the curtain was torn sure the Jews would go okay something supernatural happened but when Jesus died and the earthquake happened everybody knew Wow something big just happened whoa what? uh, we all felt that one and and we we feel earthquakes every once in a while in Oklahoma now is that crazy or what I mean I grew up thinking California would fall into the ocean and now Oklahoma might, okay? Interesting. But the Bible says that there'll be in the last days there'll be earthquakes in various places. I I think Oklahoma could be fit in that various place. Folks, God is real, the evidence is clear. And earthquake look at verse 52 the tombs were opened and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised and coming out of the tombs after his resurrection they went into the holy city and appeared to many so we see as as jesus dies and raises from the dead dead people were raised to life now, it says right here the saints were, were coming back to, back from their grave. I mean, people that they went to their funerals, they buried them. They're walking down the street. Now, my pastor, Paul Salyer, uh, impacted my life. He was my pastor growing up. And, man, he just was an incredible leader. And I'm so grateful I got to sit under him. And he died 10 years ago. Now, if he started walking down the street, my street this morning, that would get my attention. would not that yours? See, all these crazy things started happening, giving evidence that something supernatural had just taken place, something out of the norm, something that was different and unique, and that's what happened when Jesus died and rose from the dead. After his resurrection, people started coming out of their graves. Okay, look at this, verse 54. When the centurion and those who were with him keeping watch over Jesus, saw the earthquake and what took place, they were filled with awe and said, truly, this was the Son of God. Truly, this was the Son of god what 's interesting about this is is the the Jews had the majority of the evidence. The Jews had everything pointing to it but but the the centurions, as the evidence unfolded in front of them, they saw this i mean I mean crucifixion was like Tuesday for them they, That was like a normal day of work. They, they saw people die all the time I mean this was just like no big deal. But as Jesus went to the cross, as they hung, as, as they nailed him to the cross, I can imagine what they felt as, as they would nail people to the cross. So uh, prisoners would plead with them, please don't do this to me. Beg for their lives. Or some prisoners would just spit on them and, and, and just defy them. And, and Jesus willingly, crown of thorns, go to the cross. As he hangs there, after they nail him, Jesus says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. I bet that intrigued them. The conversation, the dialogue that Jesus had with the the thieves on the cross when he said, today you'll be with me in paradise, as he spoke to the one thief that that didn't reject him. And then as soon as he dies, earthquake. Earthquake. All these things take place. Surely he's the son of God. You know what's interesting about about the first century and, and our culture today? The evidence is clear that Jesus did something supernaturally. So here's the thing, you know, so often we come to, to Easter Sunday and, and I'll be honest with you, I've been praying and some of my friends that are getting up to preach today were, we're, we're concerned about the cultural Christianity that we see. That the fact that, that, oh well, I just kind of am casual about my faith. And let me tell you something, if if Jesus really did come like he did, born of a virgin, if he really did live a sinless life, and and if he really did go to the cross and pay the price for sin, if he rose from the dead. Folks, there's no other belief system that works. What, What is... I want you to know something about Christianity today. You hear this all the time. Oh, this is the, the religious holiday. Do you know what? We don't have a religion here. What is religion? Religion is man's attempt to get to God. What we have is a relationship. What God calls you to is a relationship with him. Do you know him? Is he your savior? Savior. Is this a cultural event for you, or is this a life-transforming moment for you? And that's something I want to ask. You know, point number two today, if you're following along, every every person has to confront the evidence. The evidence is clear. And today, I, I pray that we confront the evidence in this moment. We confront it. Now, um... Are you convinced about Christ? Or can can I respectfully challenge you with, are you being intellectually dishonest? Because the evidence is clear. Historically, culturally. Right now, the evidence is clear. So, so often we're, we're intellectually dishonest about this. We, why? Because sometimes we have secret motives. Do you have secret motives today? When, when, when I talk about the, the call to surrender to Christ, to follow him, to, to look to him, to, 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 to make sure that he's your Lord and Savior, to come to him and, and, and to listen to his voice. Do you have some secret motives in your heart or do you have something you're, you're holding on to that, that you know is not right, you know is not true, but you just don't want to let go of it? You know, today, or, or do you have a hidden passion in your heart? Is there a, is there a passion that you're like, I'm not going to let go of that. I'm not, I, I like that sin. Can I tell you this sin will always keep you longer than you want to stay? It will take you further than you want to go, and it always has a price tag that's higher than you want to pay. Do you have hidden passions that nobody knows about that you're just saying, you know what, I'm not going to listen to God's voice? Do you have a fear of losing something today? I I can't, I can't surrender to Jesus. I can't, I can't make, I can't follow him. I can't look to him. I can't, I I, I can't make him Lord of my life. Because I don't want to lose something. Can I tell you that Jesus made that incredible statement? What does it profit a man to gain the whole world, yet lose his own soul? Can I just stand in front of you today and, and, Challenge us to confront the evidence of Christ. You know, um, so often we hear people, and I've heard it all week, that, oh, Jesus was just a good teacher. He was a good man. He was a good leader, but he wasn't God. I loved what Tim Keller said. He said um, that, that Jesus wasn't just a nice guy who did good in the world. You don't kill nice guys. You crucify threats. You see, Jesus wasn't just a nice guy. He was God. And and can I just stand in front of you this morning and just say to you, now is the time. Point number three, if you've taken notes, now is the time to be convinced. Now. Right now is the time to be convinced that Jesus is who he said he is that the Holy Spirit is moving. And, 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 and what do we do with this claim that, that Jesus said he, he died and he rose from the dead and, and we, we, we've been studying Acts and we're getting back into Acts next week and you've got to come back and, and, and study this with us because the, how, how God moved in the book of Acts is so phenomenal. And, and this claim that Jesus is who he said he is is, one, is a claim that I pray we're convinced of today. You see, when when you think about what went on as Jesus died on the cross, they put him in a tomb. And and, and there's so much evidence. The evidence is clear. First of all, that, that it happened in Jerusalem. I mean, think about that. Jerusalem was where, where the, the crucifixion took place, and, and, and it happened right where people could investigate the claim. If you're going to make up something, and that's what a lot of people said. I have a friend who I love deeply who is, who is refusing to, to, to allow the evidence to speak to him. But the fact that, that Jesus was, was buried in Jerusalem uh, among the very people that were trying to destroy him, it shows that he's, that he's God, you don't, you don't make up a hoax right in front of the locals who could disprove the fact that he was killed and he rose. I mean, right there, Jerusalem is where it took place. The, 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 there was an empty tomb. I mean, they, they went, and, and they went to the tomb, and he was gone. He, he wasn't there, and, and, and it would have been very easy for the locals to say, hey, look, here is his body look here he is he's he's not alive he's dead here. look, but they went to the tomb and he was gone and and It's so funny to me how people have come up with with reasons for this that 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 the disciples stole the body, and it was just a big hoax but but when you when you trace that and you think about that, the disciples they they they, they proclaimed that Christ had risen, and then each one of them died horrendous deaths for their faith and let me tell you something you uh you're not going to die the kind of deaths that they died unless they really believed what they saw. You're not going to die like that for a lie. You know, and they they went to their deaths. You know, there's a theory that's so funny to me, the swoon theory that, that oh, well, see, when Jesus was on the cross, he didn't actually die. He, he kind of just was knocked out for a while, and then, then they put him in the tomb, and then he yeah, he got up and kicked the stone out of the way, whipped the guards and said, hey guys, I'm hungry, let's get some breakfast. Let's go hang out. But then when you see what Jesus went through on the cross as they beat him and the cat of nine tails and the, and the, the, the suffering that he encountered, that he went through, he was nailed to the tree, stabbed in his side. And then he got better and just said, yeah, I think I feel good today. That it makes no sense. The evidence is clear. There was an empty tomb, folks. You know, you also. Look at the witnesses that saw him. I mean, people saw Jesus, and then he appeared to them. And this, this would get all of our attention, but there's so many witnesses. Let's think about two, two of those witnesses. James, the brother of Jesus, was one of them. James believed in Christ. He wrote at the beginning of his book, James, a bondslave of Jesus Christ. James was Jesus' brother. I have a big brother. His name's Mike, and he used to do that thing of, hey, don't hit yourself. Anybody have a brother that do that? I hated that okay I've known my brother my whole life James knew Jesus his whole life and 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 it's obvious we know about James that prior to the resurrection he didn't believe that his brother was God he was embarrassed that my brother's walking around saying he's God but then after the resurrection he looked at him and said you're God Paul was another example Paul the Apostle Paul was this leader of the Jewish uh, uh, religious class, and, and here he was set out, I'm going to stamp out Christianity once and for all. I'm going to make sure I'm going to kill Christians. I'm going to persecute them. I'm going to destroy them. We're about to study him, and you've got to come to that. And, and Paul was, this, was on this journey, and God showed up and spoke to him. And he had this encounter with Jesus. And can I tell you, some of you may be cultural Christians because you've never had an encounter with Jesus. Paul's encounter with Jesus changed his life. Have you had one? Have you had a real encounter with Jesus? You see, the the witnesses reveal that. Then I want you to know I've had an encounter with Jesus. Jesus. And not only was the fact that the evidence doesn't, not only speaks that it happened in Jerusalem, that there were, there was an empty tomb, that there were two witnesses. Do you know we also have the speaking Holy Spirit? Do you know the Holy Spirit is speaking today in this room? Do you know that God is at work in your life? Even if, even if you're in the overflow area and you're, you're struggling to, to even kind of watch a video screen, I want you to know that the Holy Spirit is alive and at work right now in this place. And folks, that's how the Spirit of God moves. You know, we had the Passion Week this week. And I loved my part of that Passion Week. I got to be over here and I got to... I got to help people process it at the end, and 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 just kind of talk through it and share the gospel, and and um and and we had one of our stations which was right here, and it was the cross, and and what we would do was so cool because we would take this uh, these black pieces of paper, and and we had lead pencils, and 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 we would write the the our our struggles, write our sins on this paper, and then we would nail them to the cross. And it was so cool, such a cool picture because when you wrote on the paper, you couldn't see it because it covered it up. And it was a great visual because the blood of Jesus covered up our sin. Well, as as I was there kind of processing it with people, this little girl comes through. And I said, hey, what would you learn today? What stood out to you today was the question I asked. And she goes, I really thought it was neat that we nailed something to the cross. And I go, oh, that's so good, you're right. And she goes, you know what I put? And I was like, well, what, what'd you put? She goes, I put my name. I looked at her and I said, that's right, that's right. Because Jesus went to the cross for you. You know, there's a deacon in our church that this, this year, I got to watch him uh, help his dad go be with Jesus. Jack Bogart, uh, his father, Jerry Bogart, lived in Broken Arrow. And I got to sit with, with Jerry several times and, and just meet him. And he was an interesting guy. He was a bus driver, drove a bus, and uh, just a neat man. And, um, and at his funeral... I got to hear his testimony. I want to tell you, it just impacted me. Jerry, talk, Jerry grew up in the home of a Baptist preacher. And uh, they grew up in the country, okay? And, uh, and actually in Mansfield, Missouri, and if you ever uh, watched the show Little House on the Prairie, that's where the, the Wilders lived. They were friends with them. I was like, that is crazy. He knew the real Laura Ingalls Wilder and, uh, and Alonzo and all that stuff. Have you ever followed that? But they grew up in the country. And, and one day, Jerry went to school when he was a little boy, younger, younger, younger man, younger boy. And he, he, he had some dirty pictures with his friends, found some dirty pictures. And he brought them home. And his dad found them. And he said, Jerry, hey, come, on, come out here. Hey, what, what are these, buddy? He was like, oh, so embarrassed. He was humiliated. He was just like, oh, no. My dad found those. They sat down, and they talked about the dangers of pornography and the dangers of that. And he said, son, you know, they lived in the country. So when you're in the country and you get in trouble, you don't get a spanking. You get a whooping, okay? And, uh, and at their house, they had, this, they had the chair on their front porch. Now, the chair was, was where they bent over and got all their whoopings, okay? And his dad says, son, uh, you got to go get a switch. And so Jerry knew, man, Cali, I'm, I'm busted. And He goes out to get the switch, and he said, son, meet me at the chair. And he goes to the, gets a good one, because he had to get a good one. And he goes to the chair his dad looked at him, he said, son, I want you to know that God loves you. God loves you more than I do. He said, um, and I want you to know the love of, of God in your life. But sin is a problem, and, and this is a bad deal. And you're going to need a really, really good whipping today. So here's what we're going to do. And his dad had the switch by then, and His dad looked at him and said, son, here you go. He gave him the switch and said, son, I'm going to take this one for you. And his dad leaned over the chair and he said, son, make it count. He said that was the hardest whipping he ever had. Three days later, they have a revival at their church. The pastor gets up and quotes John 3, 16, for God so loved the world, so... God so loved you that he gave his one and only son that whoever would believe in him would have eternal life. And he'll never perish. Folks, Jesus came. And when he came, he came for you. And it's not just a, 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 a story like Mary Poppins. Or Cinderella, this was a moment in time, a moment in history. And the evidence is clear. And so, can I ask you a question today? Is this just a cultural experience? Or has Easter changed your life? This morning, it's my prayer that every person who walks through this door leaves convinced that Jesus is God. Can I just ask you, don't leave this room today. Don't leave our campus today without knowing Christ as your savior. So here's what we're gonna do. We're, we're gonna have an invitation and, and um, all over this room and if you're in the second venue, Here's what I want to ask you to do. I want to ask you to bow your head. Would you do that right now? As you bow your head and close your eyes, would you you do me a favor and allow me to be the only one looking in this room? Now I want to make you a promise. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going going to... ask you to respond to my request and then try to get you to come down and stand in front of all these people today. Now, I am gonna ask you to respond. But if you're here today and you would be honest with me and say, you know what? I walked in the door and I really wasn't convinced. But as you've been preaching or just something's tugging at my heart, you know, that's the spirit of God. If that's you today, I'm I'm, going to ask you to trust me. Would you just raise your hand so I can pray for you? Okay, thank thank you. You can put it back down. Thank you for doing that. Anybody else? I saw one. Okay, thank you. I see you. Thank you. Is there anybody else that would say, "You know what? Thank you, appreciate that. I got you. Thank you. I see it. Thank you, sir. I got you. Anybody else? <clears throat> Thank you. I got you. Thank you. Here, here's. I'm so glad you trusted me. And, and. As soon as Chad starts singing, here's what's going to happen. We're going to stand all over this room. And I'm going to go out of this room to my right. And there's a room over here, 515. And if, if you want to talk to, to me, if, you, if you, I would like to ask you to come meet me. And, and it'll be, everybody will be up, and it won't be a focus on you. Um, in fact, there, there needs to be some of you that know Christ, you are convinced, but you know what, you've not been walking with the Lord, you need to come and pray. Get right with the Lord. But, but when that music starts and our invitation begins, I'm going to go outside the room. You can go out one of the side doors, the back doors, and go right over here. I'd love to meet you.